From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm Siri Belusu. I'm Amanda Icone. India has an estimated 500 million internet users. It's a fast-growing marketplace that is very attractive for global tech companies. But because those tech companies don't have a brick-and-mortar presence in India, the country doesn't have any right to tax them. Taxing rights is an issue facing countries across the globe, and many are considering how to levy taxes on digital transactions and services, such as online advertising. Tax treaties, the risk of double taxation, and a potential patchwork of laws are among the challenges. I think it's the world acknowledging that we have in extremely digitalized times, the way business is now operating is very different from what it was. Mansi Seth, I'm at Deckard, I'm a tax lawyer. The issue is being debated at the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD for short. The group of more than 100 countries is trying to find agreement on how to tax major companies like Google and Facebook. In the meantime, countries including France and the UK have been introducing their own digital tax proposals. This week, I caught up with Munzi to talk about India. The country offers a good case study and moved quickly to adopt a levy for online ads following a report on base erosion and profit shifting, known as the BEPS project. We also spoke about what companies and tax preparers need to know about the changing international tax climate. So what is the backdrop of all this? What, what is happening currently um, regarding digital tax that we're talking about that here today? The reason you're hearing and seeing so much about digital taxes is because uh, for the last few months now, there have been uh, about 130 countries which form part of the inclusive framework have been meeting uh, in Paris and trying to come up with a global consensus on the issue of um, our digitalized economy. What had started as a digital economy um, is now the consensus is that there is no sector that is digital or one digital economy the whole economy is digitalizing and in these changing times where uh, it is now possible to operate from anywhere remotely and um, conduct business anywhere in the world whether our tax laws our international tax laws need a relook they need to be do they need to be redesigned or tinkered with how much of a disruption needs to be caused to these tax rules and this is all that is being discussed as part of um, as part of the OECD discussions in Paris uh, they've just had a meeting in uh, March they had their uh, where they were discussing the proposals uh, that were announced in a public consultation document in February, and they soon going to be meeting again in May. So, the, which is why all the talk about digital taxes. What do you mean when you say digital taxation? What does that mean? What in in practical terms? It means something different to everybody right now. And why I say that is, if you actually look around the globe, all countries are, um, or at least the unilateral measures that countries are implementing. If you see, they're all trying to grab um, different types of transactions. Take India's example, uh, equalization levy. That applies to online advertisement services. So it's specific to that sense. But if you look at the digital services tax in EU or somewhere else, it's a broader drafted. Uh, France has something about video display or Hungary has something which is again an advertisement tax. So. Digital tax, essentially, I think it's the world acknowledging that we are in extremely 
um, digitalized times where the way business is now operating is um, is very different from what it was some years ago and there's a need to relook at the tax rules. What steps India has taken and um, and how long those taxes have been in effect at this point? So in India feels that there's an imminent urgent need for India to enact this is a big problem it's a large country it has a lot of users and it is becoming digitalized at an extremely fast rate in fact depending on which numbers you're looking at for example number of mobile users or number of internet users they're almost 500 million users of something so it, which is more than the population of a lot of countries so this is one of the um, spaces or you can say this this part where India feels that there needs to be action taken fast. They didn't want to wait for global consensus. So they went and enacted an equalization levy. And that is similar to the taxes you and I spoke about, which was the transaction tax. So it does not care whether there's profit involved at all. It simply says that if there's a service provided by a non-Indian enterprise to India, which relates to online advertisement services, they will pay that transaction subject to a 6% tax. Now, that's clearly, obviously, in response to companies such as Google and Yahoo, etc., where advertisement revenues of these companies were to be taxed in India. This is not an income tax. It it does not uh, get benefit of the treaties. Um, in the sense that there could be a foreign tax credit issue with this, but this is what they've implemented. It's in law. It came about in June 2016, and it's been in effect for the last few years. Why is India part of the conversation? Why is it such a big deal that India adopted a tax so soon? So they were one of the early adopters. What is the significance of that step? I think this step is a clear indication of how important this issue is to India. Uh, the Indian government really does think that they have such a large market to offer and they need to get a piece of it. Uh, they've always, and this is not new, it's not like a tax grab now, but India's always maintained uh, its stance uh, and approach that as the uh, as the market jurisdiction, it needs to get a, a fair share because there are a lot of... Um, value contribution Um, there's a lot of value contributed by the purchasing power that a user has in his jurisdiction the infrastructure that a jurisdiction gives to the user or the consumer India enacting or jumping on enacting a law is a clear signal that they're very focused on this issue they believe that there's a revenue loss and they're going to act on it but why that is internationally why that is a big deal is because um, the ideal situation is that the countries agree to one approach because this is everybody's problem. When there are unilateral measures being taken, there's problems of cascading taxes, there's problem of, um, you know, perhaps companies getting taxed even when they're in a loss, for especially for these uh, turnover-related taxes. So in that sense, it is not... Uh, the. the the more the unilateral measures, the higher the chances of double taxation, the higher the chances of the businesses suffering. So for, from, for everybody's benefit, it is perhaps best to have a global consensus. And then in terms of the 2017 tax law, were there any changes made that would have introduced 
or set the table or open the door for such a policy here in the U.S.? Two changes which are currently, something like that, that is being currently look, looked at in the international space is guilty and beat. So when those have implications where guilty, you, you're taxing um, undistributed income of a CFC that's located in a foreign jurisdiction, so that's extraterritorial in that sense. Um, there's BEAT, where base erosion payments are subject to a minimum tax. So their own versions are right now being proposed by OECD, and they're up for discussions to see if there should be global consensus on something like that being imposed everywhere. So it'll be like a minimum tax that'll apply internationally on these transactions. So that's something that's being explored. What should clients be doing? What should companies be doing? What conversations should they be having with their tax preparers to prepare for more of these taxes? I mean, some countries have already adopted. It's likely that others will follow. Should they be preparing for that? What what kind of conversations should they be having with their tax planners? Companies need to make sure, multinational enterprises need to make sure um, that value that profits are attributed where value is creating because that is where that is the whole argument that where should profits be uh, allocated and it really is where value is being created you cannot now have a registered office for example you cannot have a postbox office address you need to have people you need to have skills located in a place and you need to make sure that you're not just relying on a treaty network to say get some tax benefits there have been a lot of uh, payments which are made in the form of royalty interest etc all of that is being scrutinized. There's limit on deductions that you can take. So I think we're in a whole new world where where um, companies need to be mindful of this changing environment. They need to plan accordingly. We're also in a world where there's so much exchange of information. Uh, countries are talking to each other. There we have country-by-country country reporting where um, essentially you can't get away with anything, right? There's all out in the open so I guess they need to prepare accordingly and need to make sure they're absolutely um, aligned with what's going on Thank you Muncie really glad you could join me today Thank you so much for having me Here's this week's top stories San Francisco's so-called Twitter tax is coming to an end The eight-year-old tax break cost the city about $10 million a year and was intended to draw tech companies into the city. The tax was named after Twitter because the social media company was one of the biggest recipients of the tax break. The IRS has no plans to issue a third round of proposed rules for the 2017 Opportunity Zone tax break. Investors will likely have to rely on frequently asked questions and other notices to address any lingering questions. Sports betting isn't the big payoff that early adopters had hoped for, at least not yet. Seven states now offer statewide betting, and another half dozen have legalized it since the Supreme Court said they could a year ago. A new report says just over half of those states with legalized betting are in line to meet their tax revenue projections. Officials attribute the shortfalls to limited online gambling options and low consumer awareness. In court this week, President Donald Trump's lawyers urged a federal judge to reject House Democrats' efforts to obtain the president's tax records from accounting firm Mazars. The lawyers called the document request invalid. That's it for this week. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icone. And I'm Siri Belusu. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Adam Allington. I'm the host of a new show from Bloomberg Environment called The Business of Bees. 
Here's what you need to know about it. We travel around the country talking to people at every corner of the honeybee ecosystem. This is the largest managed pollination event on Earth. In fact, commercial beekeeping is more important to farming than ever before. But bees are also under threat from pesticides and invasive pests and mysterious diseases. It's sort of like Christmas when you go to the hive in December and you open the lid. You just hope somebody's home. If you're interested in bees too, I think you might like the show. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts.